Peace, good people. Peace. Fee, how you feeling? I'm feeling good and relaxed. How you feeling? Oh, I'm chilling. I'm relaxed. <laughs> I wanted to tune in, especially let our listeners know that we are traveling on vacation right now, Kamali, Felicia, and I. Yes. So we want to invite you to check out a very special episode of our dear friend Cherie Sims podcast, Parenting for the Culture. Yes. Tune in, tap in, let us know how you feeling. Uh, we are definitely taking a listen for ourselves because we can use all the tips on parenting, especially in this culture. So if anybody has any advice after listening to the episode, man, uh, send it to us in an shoot email it to us. and a prayer. But for now, check out Parenting for the Culture with Cherise Sims. Peace. Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture on the Black Love Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Cherise Sims. Let's start with the peak and pit of my day. The peak of my day was I'm actually still on high from my trip to Virginia. I went to Virginia for a child care wear conference, which I actually want to break down in full to you all one day soon, but not today. Uh, and I had the opportunity to just explore Virginia and DC and learn a lot and meet a lot of new people. And it was amazing. And probably the most amazing part was just the fact that I could go at my own pace. I don't even think I've realized in the past how much of my thoughts are actually not mine because they're other people's thoughts being thrown at me. And, you know, a simple trip to the park requires stops for the bathroom and for snacks and everything else that I didn't even realize I have my own pace. So it was very nice to just have, I think it was five or six days to myself with no children, where I got to hear all of my own thoughts, where I got to have dinner with myself, where I got to take myself on field trips. Um, Y'all, I'm a really great date. (laughs) Like, I didn't know, but I'm a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun on my own with myself in Virginia and D.C. And the pit of my day is that I spilled my coffee today, y'all. And that might not sound like a big thing, but if you love coffee and you're a parent like me, you know that that was a big deal to spill your coffee. So let's get into it. I recently posted about yelling at your children. And and I want to get into that. I want to get into actually talking about yelling at your children. But I want to tell you a little bit about the post if you haven't seen it before. I talked about how when we yell at our children, a lot of times we think it's an effective tool and we don't usually just yell like, hey, it's usually we're yelling like, why did you do that? What are you doing? Why would you think to do X, Y, and Z to your sister? And we're kind of like half yelling, half lecturing. But the whole time our children are really just frozen sitting here thinking like, oh, God, she's really angry. She's really mean. I'm a little bit scared. I don't know if she's going to pop me. I suck. Like, these are the thoughts that they have. I suck. I'm worthless. I failed again. I can't do it right. And it can be really harmful to a child when we yell at them. And part of it is because they just miss the things that we're saying because we've talked before about how things can have a biological, physical response on our body. If you remember a previous episode where I talked about the stares in our brain and the flights in our brain, it's like we yell at them, they feel it biologically and physically, it lets them know they're in danger, that something's wrong, and then how they interpret those feelings. Usually they interpret them as something is wrong with me, I'm bad, I'm evil, I'm a failure, and these are things that they internalize about how they see themselves. So anyways, (laughs) 
I posted that and there was a comment left that I had not seen until today. And I don't know how I missed it. Y'all, Instagram has changed the way they do things and they only show me one notification now. They like pick a friend that I know and they'll show me their notification for five days and I don't see anything else. So if I have not been responding to you on Instagram, please don't take it personally. I'm literally just not seeing these things. So anyways, someone posts under it and they say, Sharice, what do you do if you basically explode on your little one because he threw socks on a stove burner and turned it on and ran away and you got so scared and angry that that could have caused a fire so you yelled so hard and he cried so much. How do you repair that? This was a few months ago and I apologized and all the things but I still think about the trauma I caused and really want to repair. Any feedback? So I definitely have feedback. First of all, I just want to say uh, oh, you can't see me. Uh, y'all seen the color purple when the sisters do the hand motions and, and play patty cake? That's that's what I'm doing for you right now. I feel you. I have to be honest. If my child threw socks on a burner and turned the burner on and ran away, knowing all I know about yelling, I probably would have yelled and screamed as well. And honestly, I think that yelling is okay sometimes. I don't know who's going to come for me for this. But stick with me because I do think that yelling is needed sometimes. And I think in a case of safety, when there is fire involved, when there are little people and fire involved, I think yelling is okay and safety is needed. So let me rewind a little bit and talk about how how yelling works in the body, right? So we talked about the flights of the brain in the past and how Logic is at the top floor, at the fourth floor, and how the initial response is on that first floor, right? The initial response is how it feels in your body. The second and third floors are, how does that make me feel? How do I interpret the feelings? And then what's the logic behind these feelings? At the bottom of the brain is the survival brain, right? And that is where we have fight, flight, or freeze. That's where we are literally just trying to survive, but there is no thriving on the first and second floors. However, when there is fire involved, I don't need anybody to become a fireman in that moment, right? I don't need to teach them skills about putting out a fire. I don't need to build any lessons. I need to make sure that people are safe. So there are times if a child is about to run out to a car, into a street, if a child is playing with fire, I do think that is okay to yell because yelling signals the flight, fight, or freeze. And we actually want that. We want them to survive. So in times of danger, if your child is doing something that is very dangerous and you need them to immediately freeze and stop and move away, I think that it is okay to yell. Now, I think that is different from yelling at them repeatedly and lecturing them and making them feel bad. But I think that initial like, hey, (laughs) stop. I think that's okay. And one thing that's fantastic about when you practice conscious parenting and you can get out of the habit of always yelling for everything, it actually signals them to stop sooner when safety is involved. So I don't yell at my children often, but if you ask my children, I have yelled at them. I do yell at them when I'm overwhelmed. And and also, y'all, my yell is not what I think other people's yell is, but my yell to my children is like me talking sternly and loudly. Like sometimes they'll be like, you're yelling at me. And I'm like, I am not yelling. I, y- y'all need to meet someone else so you can know what yelling is. This is not yelling. But anyways, so I don't really yell at my children. It's a skill that I've built. It's something that I've practiced, right? I think starting out as a 
teacher working with children, you can't yell at kids in a classroom. Like, I don't know how any of y'all would feel if you walked into a preschool classroom and the teacher was yelling at a child, but I think you would very quickly remove your child from the classroom, tell the director, possibly remove your child from the school. You'd probably want to see the teacher fired. So by training, by habit, by practice, I don't yell at children. I also understand that, you know, they're learning, they're growing, they're making mistakes, and then it doesn't always warrant yelling. Another thing with yelling is that when we yell at a child, when they are in that fight, flight, or freeze, when they're in the survival brain, that's not actually where learning and growing happens because you're frozen. If you are frozen, you cannot grow, right? So a lot of times we're yelling at children because they want, we want them to stop a behavior. And we think that if we yell at them, we can teach them a new skill. And sometimes we don't teach them in the nicest ways. But ultimately, you want them to stop a behavior and you want them to do something different. So you yell. Now, here's the tricky thing with yelling and why I think it's so kind of controversial, because I know a lot of people think, uh, yeah, we should wake up and, you know, wake up to these times of conscious parenting, gentle parenting, and we should stop yelling at our children and we should respect them and all of that stuff. And then there's the whole other side that says, no, yelling works. I'm gonna keep yelling at my children, which by the way, I never understand that argument. If you want to tell me that something works, but you have also had to do it multiple times, (laughs) I don't quite understand where your evidence of it working is, but I digress. So I get that yelling can feel like it works. And the reason it feels like it works is because you get a very immediate response. When you yell, it signals the body to, what did we talk about? It signals the body to fight, flee, or freeze, right? So if your child is having a tantrum and you yell at them, it triggers their body to freeze. They stop the behavior. So you tell yourself, okay, Yelling is working. They stopped the behavior. What we often miss is, but did we teach our child how to build the skill of managing that feeling of disappointment? Probably not. Did we teach the child how to respond differently when they're upset? Probably not. We just know that we yelled, they stopped, and so we think it's working. As our children get older, it's the same thing. They might talk back to us when they're teens or preteens, and we might yell at them, and they might stop. So we think, okay, yelling is working and we keep doing it. We keep using it as a tool. If you are looking for a tool where you don't want anything else but for your child to stop a behavior, stop a feeling even, right? Sometimes they're crying and we tell them, stop that. You're okay. They might actually stop. So again, we think this is working. If you are looking for a tool where all you want is for your child to stop, then keep yelling at your child. I don't know if that works for you. Great. Most likely based in science, yelling is not actually working for your child. In those moments when you are yelling at them, they are not building any new skills. They are not learning how to manage their emotions. They are not learning how to tolerate hard emotions, which they're going to need for life. And especially when it comes to what they're feeling, if you're just teaching them how to stop feeling, they're not actually learning how to be an empathetic person or learning, you know, just all of these skills that we most likely want for our children to have as adults. And a lot of times we think that, like, I even got a response on the post that talked about, well, after you yell at them, you just have to explain to them why you yelled at them. I think a lot of times this happens right after you yell at them. And again, 
the science. Y'all can look it up. Google it. Go to Google Scholar. Go to the library and look it up, however you want to do it. But when they're in that mode of survival, when they're in fight, flight, or freeze, lecture them all you want. They're not hearing anything you're saying. They are still focused on their own feelings, their own thoughts. Um, And now they feel like they can't share those feelings or thoughts with you. So now they're really inside, right? (laughs) When I say inside, they're like inside their bodies alone with these feelings, with these thoughts, with these fears. They don't really still know what's going to happen. You kind of turn into the Charlie Brown parent. Remember on Charlie Brown, they had the parent that always talked in the background and we never heard what they said. We always just heard like, I think whoever wrote Charlie Brown did that very intentionally because they understood that sometimes that's what parents sound like to us. So to the child, they're not gaining the new skills. They're not gaining even the understanding of why you just yelled at them. That's why I've said in the past, like, it's always best to try to teach these lessons, build these skills outside of the moment rather than trying to do them in the moment, because most likely your child is not getting it. So I want to share with you guys a couple of other things that people posted underneath here, because it was valuable to me. And and I will say that when I posted it, I actually got a lot of teenagers that like reached out in my DMs and were like, I feel so seen. Like, thank you. Thank you for saying, you know, not to yell at your children. Thank you for sharing that when you yell at your children, they just have these thoughts of, being unworthy, of being failures, because I am that little girl in the chair. In the in the real, my daughter's sitting in a chair. I'm fake yelling at her, and we're popping up her thoughts on the screen saying she's scary, talking about me, the mom yelling, uh, I'm not good enough, I'm stupid. And a lot of people reached out and said, I'm that child in the chair. And so for me, that's kind of, you know, evidence of like, people feel this way. And when we're their parents, they don't always tell us. Like, if they're already getting yelled at and they're you're mad at them, they're not going to tell us, hey, mom, when you yelled at me, that made me feel stupid. That made me feel like a failure. I feel really worthless now. Those are thoughts and feelings that they keep to themselves, especially because you are training them to freeze and you are training them to stop. So they're not going to open up to you in that way. These are things that now we send them off as adults and they have to deal with these things on their own, right? And they might even get good grades along the way and a good job along the way. So we think we've done our job, but then silently as an adult somewhere, they have anxiety and they have depression. And a lot of research has shown that when we yell at our children, it does actually cause more behavioral problems because you end up like training the brain a certain way. So let's see. I don't, how do I explain this? So most of us probably know that like walking is good for us, right? And we know that sunlight is good and that when we walk, our brain produces more serotonin and more dopamine. And those are two hormones that that the brain produces that make us feel better, right? So there are these things that we can do within our bodies that actually produce more happiness within us. And when we get in a cycle of producing more happiness within us, we become happier people. But there's a flip side of that where you can actually produce more stress hormones and more cortisol. I was going to say cortisone because y'all know my child has uh, eczema and we use cortisol for eczema. But anyways, you can actually create a brain that is producing more stress hormones, which feed into more things where now your child is feeling more anxiety and more depression and more anger. So we think we're trying to get rid of this behavior and rid of these feelings, but we're actually creating more of it within them, right? So It's important to know the effects of yelling so that we can take a step back and 
try to deal with the situation differently. I think, as I've said in the past, always kind of step one is like checking in with yourself. Why is this behavior triggering me so much? Taking a moment to pause. I think if safety is not an issue at the moment and you feel the desire to yell, take a moment to breathe so that you can address the situation with some type of calm. You can still have that firmness, right? When you talk to them, you can still set the boundaries when you talk to them, but take a moment to calm yourself. If safety is an issue, you can yell. If you need them to stop immediately, you can yell. And, you know, to the mom that asked me the question earlier, how do I repair? My answer to you is like, I think that it's okay that you yelled in the moment. I don't know what it looked like when you chased your child down and yelled at them. So, I can't say, you know, I don't know if you harmed them or not, but not harmed physically. I just mean like emotionally, mentally. I don't know if you harmed them in the yelling. But the fact of the matter is like they were in danger and they put everybody in danger. And sometimes that requires you to yell so they can freeze and they can stop. And that's okay. So have grace with yourself. Like forgive yourself first. Your job is to keep them safe. Your job is to keep them alive. And your job is to teach them to do better. So if you yelled and that kept them safe, like, good job. (laughs) Forgive yourself. You didn't ruin them. You didn't traumatize them. Now, if you're yelling all the time and that's your response to them all the time, I would say definitely take some moments to ask yourself what your triggers are. Start to become more conscious of what those triggers are and start to take a moment. Like, even if you have to start practicing the habit of every time you want to yell, I don't know, clasp your hands together, take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out, count to 10 if you need to. It sounds like a short period of time, but it's actually really long when you just take a moment to count to 10. Um, But if you had to yell at them in a moment of safety, that's okay. And then again, outside of the moment, explain to them what happened. And your child, if you are not yelling regularly, I don't think that your child was traumatized by it. May very well remember the time that mom yelled because they started a fire and they may very well realize like, hmm, I can't start fires. (laughs) That's probably not a safe thing. So I think you did the right thing, going back to them, talking to them about it. Um, One thing I do with my children is I apologize. If ever I act out of character or out of the way that I would like to respond to a situation, I will pull my child aside or if I yelled at them in front of my other children and they saw it or whatever it was, like, I will take a moment to apologize to them and say, you know what? I was really frustrated earlier. I didn't like that X, Y, and Z happened, but really I was not managing my emotions well and I shouldn't have yelled at you and I did and I apologize. And most of the times my children forgive me. I can't remember. Oh, I actually do remember one time that my daughter was like, I don't forgive you. Y'all can guess which one that is. Okay, I have toddlers. I have a six-year-old a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, and I have a preteen. So I'll let y'all guess which one was like, I don't forgive you. (laughs) But I mean, I get it. She actually did end up forgiving me. But in the moment, she did not want to forgive me. She was mad. And I actually was kind of happy that she even said that because it let me know that I didn't damage the relationship, right? We were still in a safe space where she felt safe enough to tell me, I don't forgive you, which to me communicated that she is still upset. Maybe we need to revisit this when she's a little calmer and have a conversation. But that's what I appreciate about creating safe spaces for your children is when they do feel safe to talk to you about things. And when you are practicing 
talking to your children and not yelling. It creates spaces where they do feel comfortable coming to talk to you about things, even if they mess up, even if they have an attitude with you, even if they are mad at you, they feel safe to tell you so that they don't become an adult who feels uncomfortable being around you, right? There, there was someone who shared with me, my parents yelling affected me when I was little to the point when I hear my dad raise his voice, even if it's not at me. I completely freeze and can't do anything, right? That's what one of my friends on Instagram told me. Another friend said, my dad yelled all the time growing up. He stopped maybe a year ago. I'm fully an adult now. I've had really bad anxiety around him and I can't be alone with him because of how much he scares me and how I constantly prepped for him to yell at me about something. So I'd always try to be the best and do every little thing he said so I wouldn't get yelled at. I'm an adult now and our relationship is non-existent. That is not what I would want for me and my children. I would not want my child to become an adult. And all along the way, I could say, well, yelling worked because they stopped and they listened to me. But then as an adult, they can tell a stranger on Instagram that they have a non-existent relationship with me. But most likely they are not telling me that, right? This guy who shared that with me, most likely has not told his own dad, me and you don't have a relationship. In fact, he says he does everything his dad asks him to do so that his dad won't yell. And I'm still scared to be around my dad today. Those are real feelings that people have as children, as adults. And those are the types of things that we can't actually see. So while we see the behavior stopping, while we see the attitude stopping, We think that it's working. We think it's okay. But what we don't see is that relationship between us and our child breaking. What we don't see is the anxiety that they feel inside. What we don't see is their fear. And Lord, that's a whole other topic, especially for Black Christians. Well, we should fear the Lord. You should fear your parent and respect his fear. That's a whole conversation I want to get into with somebody. I don't know. Who wants to talk to me about respect and fear? But anyways, so I think, you know, I it really is a important thing to me to kind of communicate the effects of yelling because I know that we all love our children and I know that we all want what's best for our children. And I also understand that we have this desire for our children to also be socially accepted, right? Like we don't just want them to behave in the house and do certain things in the house, but we also want them to go out. And we like hearing when people are like, oh, your children are so well behaved. Your child is so smart. Your child is so that. And so we do these things like yelling because we get these immediate responses and this immediate behavior that we think looks good. But these this yelling does have an effect on our child that is life-lasting. And it And when it's life lasting and, you know, they have fear of being in the same room as us, that affects their other relationships. When they have anxiety, that affects how they show up to work. So while we're raising our children to be productive, happy, healthy people, we want to give them all the things, right? So what do we do with that? Okay, I hear you, Sharice. Don't yell at my child. What do I do instead? Stick with me. (laughs) (laughs) and keep listening so I can go into it more. But I'm very big on recognizing children's needs, right? So I think always like back to the tend to self first. 
make sure that you're not triggered, make sure you can show up the way you want to. Then trying to recognize what is your child trying to communicate in this moment that you want to yell at them? Are they trying to get attention? Are they trying to meet their need for play? Are they trying to meet their need for curiosity? Whatever it is, what do they need in this moment that's causing them to behave this way? Or what are they not getting in this moment that's causing them to behave this way? Then before we even move into here's how we meet this need, validate them. I see that you're really mad right now. You can be mad. You can't throw things. Boundaries, right? (laughs) You don't have to yell at them to stop them from doing things. That's the other thing. Like the more you raise your energy, if they're already mad and now you mad, everybody's just mad. The energy is high. It's like putting kerosene on a fire. Everything just gets bigger but you're trying to bring things down. So bring yourself down. Like I often see that the quieter I talk to my children sometimes, the quieter they get because they actually won't want to hear what I have to say, whether or not they think they care and they're mad. Like they kind of are curious and they want to hear me. So they kind of quiet themselves down. But if I'm trying to put out a fire, the fire being my child and their behavior and their feelings or their tantrum, like I can't be the kerosene. I have to be the water. So I have to calm myself like calm waters. So again, reflect on yourself, see those triggers, calm yourself down, see what your child's need is, what they're trying to meet, validate them because when they're validated and they feel seen and they feel heard, they usually stop. If I'm in need of help and I'm yelling, help, 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 the moment someone sees me and comes to help me, most likely I'm not going to sit there still going, help, 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 because help has come. So once help comes, once they feel seen and they feel heard, they usually calm down. And now they're in a space where you can work with them to meet their need, to talk about things. And then again, once you're out of the moment, you can go back and address it. You know, you were really upset this morning, but your behavior really wasn't okay. What was it that you were trying to do? What's a better way that we can meet that need? When you are disappointed, I get that that doesn't feel good. I don't like to be disappointed either. How else can we express our disappointment that keeps you safe and keeps other people safe? Hey, earlier you put socks on the stove and started a fire. What was happening? (laughs) Were you just curious? Is fire like, is that exciting? I mean, I I guess I can see how that's kind of cool. But do you know, that's really dangerous. What are other ways that we can explore and be curious that is still safe? And a lot of times these moments that we want to yell, they're all what we call teaching opportunities, right? We I always hear that in, in school, in the classrooms, whatever grade. Oh, this is a teaching moment, a teaching opportunity. Um, but even that, again, like not all of the moments are teaching moments, but they are opportunities to teach something later on once you're outside of the moment, depending on what the moment looks like. But that's, you know, that's what I got to say. I really hope, like, I would really love to get the message across to not yell at your children because it does affect us. It affects our self-esteem. It affects our productivity. It affects the actual way that our brains develop and form and are able to learn. So it's not the most positive tool. It is, again, it's a tool that works. But it's not a tool that works well if you're trying to teach children how to be empathetic individuals who are happy, who 
uh, know how to manage and tolerate disappointment and negative feelings and know how to meet their needs, recognize their needs, communicate those to others, then yelling is not a great tool. So yes, I share this. This podcast is all about why we shouldn't yell at our kids, what we can do instead. But I also want to tell you that yelling is a natural thing that happens. Um, And a lot of us are trained as like that being the number one tool, whether it's from our own parents or just our culture in general, like that is something that we're taught. So have grace with yourself. If you have yelled at your children, if you yelled at your child their whole life and now they're an adult, it is never too late. That is something that I hear a lot is like, it's too late. I wish I had known this when they were a child. I wish that I didn't do that. We all make mistakes all the time. We all do things that we're not proud of, that we wish we didn't, but repair is always possible. So even if you have the 30-year-old child that now has children and you yelled at them all while growing up because you believed that yelling worked and you didn't know that it caused feelings of anxiety and depression and self-worth issues, like if you didn't know all that and you yelled and now you realized it and you feel so bad, just call your child and tell them, wow, I did the best that I could with what I had, but I didn't know that yelling did this to children. And, you know, is this something you've experienced? Do you experience anxiety? Do you feel a certain way? If it has hurt your child and they feel these things as an adult, but they hear from you, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Most likely, like they might break down to you and cry and say, yes, but this is that moment that maybe they wanted 25 years ago, but now they have it right now where they now feel seen and they feel heard and they feel validated. And it's actually going to be a major step to their own healing and their own ability to overcome that. So repair is always possible, whether your child is five or 50, whatever it is, like repair is possible. Just apologize. It's actually quite simple, but apologize and mean it. And I I went to a Catholic school my ninth grade year, and I remember that our religion teacher actually told us that if you apologize to someone, you have to follow through with the apology by trying to do better. You can't just apologize and keep doing the same thing over and over. You have to apologize and try to do better. So that's, that's what I'll say is if you've messed up, if you've yelled and you don't want to, apologize and try to do better and start practicing those breaths and that mindfulness and taking moments. And even for yourself outside of the moment, practice breathing techniques that you can use inside of the moment when you get mad and feel yourself wanting to yell. You can even be silly with it at first. If you have been a yeller all your life and now you're trying not to yell, start throwing your hand over your mouth. Like you need to shut your own self up when you're about to yell at your child. And your child will probably look at you and be like, what is going on? And they're probably going to be scared because they're used to you yelling, but they are going to get used to a new you. And you can even tell them, I tell my children sometimes, I really want to yell right now, but I don't want to yell at you. So I'm going to go in my room and I'm going to take a few moments to calm myself down. And then I'm going to come back and we can talk about this. You can do that. It's okay. We don't always have to address the thing right then and there. Again, if everybody's safe, if safety is not an issue, you have time to work on yourself, to work with your child, all of that good stuff. So I forgive you if you yelled. I hope you forgive yourself. I apologize to my children if y'all are listening. My children don't listen to this, but they might one day. I don't know. But if I've ever yelled at you, 
uh, all of my six children whom I love so dearly, I do apologize. And if you have been yelled at, I apologize that you have had to go through those feelings. And I hope you know that most of the times when we yell, that is a us thing, right? We yell because we are overwhelmed. We yell because we are triggered. We don't yell because of you. And I think that is a common misconception. And whatever age you are, I think that's so important to know that the way that people act, that is a them thing. Everybody acts based on their choices, right? We don't cause someone to do anything. Even if they get mad at us, we don't cause them to yell at us. That's their choice on how they respond to what they're feeling, which is what we as parents are trying to do with our children is to teach them how to respond to their feelings so that they can grow up being people who are responsible for their actions, who are intentional with their choices, and who can respond to things in positive ways. So that's it, y'all. The wind is kicking up. I see my um, gazebo, my little tent outside is literally flying away right now. So I'm going to go grab that so we still have it to protect us from the sun if the sun ever comes back. But yeah, here's to us. Here's to peace. Here's to breathing. Let's take a deep breath, y'all. Oh, and your homework for this week. Your homework for this week is to identify your triggers that cause you to yell so that you can start to become more conscious to hopefully help you to come up with an alternative solution. Your other homework is not only to identify your triggers, but also to pick three tools that you can use to calm yourself down in the moment. Maybe it's a song. Maybe it's a certain type of breath. Maybe it's counting to 10. Those are three things that you could choose, but you can also find your own three things. All right, friends, take care. Parenting for the Culture is executive produced by Cody and Tommy Oliver. Our senior producer is Crystal Hill. Art is by Koi Madison. Parenting for the Culture is a Black Love Podcast Network production.